all honor, all glory, and all praises be unto the Most High for the mercy, grace, and favor that's been granted to us all. We give thanks to our Savior, Yahshua, for salvation, independently and collectively. Welcome all listeners, all followers, all subscribers. We welcome you all to another episode of A Brother with a Bible Podcast, and I'm your host, Brother B. We have to shout out everyone who subscribes or follows us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Google Podcasts, as well as Instagram. We really appreciate the love and the support. This is really encouraging and shows that this is ordained by the Most High and not just a desire of my flesh. With that being said, this is episode three. Are we living our passion? In this episode, we're questioning, are we following our passions and dreams? If not, how can that affect us and how has that affected us? On the flip side, if we have followed that passion or currently doing so, how can that or how has that affected us? We'll also get into exactly what does the scriptures say about chasing your dream. Our focus scripture for this episode will come from the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. In the I story, not his story segment of this episode, we'll highlight Mr. John Harold Johnson. We'll also get into discouragements on the job, working for others, not being in the desired field, and how wrong choices and lack of knowledge causes this. And finally, we'll dig into how chasing those passions, chasing those dreams, chasing those goals may eventually become the idols we serve. So as usual, we invite you to sit back, relax, and engage in this discussion with an open mind and an open heart. But first, let us pray. Abba Father, desiring your will to be done and grateful for the purposes and the principles that you've placed on our lives, we come to you on this day thankful. We're thankful for the breath of life that you blew into our bodies, allowing us to see this new day. We're in our proper frames of mind, Father, with the use of all the limbs on our bodies, Father. We're even thankful for awakening with aches and pains, for it allows us to realize that we're still here and we still have purpose. We're thankful for the essentials of food, clothes, and shelter. Even more grateful for you being our provider and our protector, our nourisher, our sustainer, our calm during a storm. You are awesomely wonderful, God, amazing in every way. As is written in Psalms 37, 23 through 24, you order our steps 
even when we stumble, your compassion never allows us to fall, for you hold our hands. This day I ask of you to help us to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Help us to truly understand your word and how it feeds us. Your word heals us. Your word directs us. Your holy word blesses us. As I commit my works to you, Almighty and our glorious Father, God of Israel, of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, establish my thoughts. Speak through me, Yah, allowing those under the sound of my voice to freely receive you, and for those under the sounds of their voices to do the same, sparking the interest of those who don't know you to want to know you. I ask of you, Abba, to heal those who need a healing, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Free those of of, of, of cancers, of flus, of the coronavirus, of depression, of heartbreak, of anxiety, of anger, of behavior disorders. Free those of sexual addictions. Free those from the ungodly spirits that attack us during the night. Acts of you, Father, to feed those who hunger, whether it be physically, food, or spiritual nourishment. Shelter those who need shelter whether it be a roof with dry walls and, and, and dry floors or your loving arms. Help us, Most High God, as a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to be a light leading others by our thoughts, words, and deeds. To you, Almighty and our glorious Father, help us to be the salt of the earth preserving your holy word. And if I ask of anything or speak of anything in error, I ask of you to bless me with added and extended grace. These things we pray in Yahshua's name. Amen. The focal scripture for this episode comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. And coming out of the King James Version, it reads, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. That's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. And that reading came out of the King James Version. The Gospel according to Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Most scholars believe it was written somewhere between 80 and 90 AD. Matthew was a tax collector. Oddly enough, his fellow Jews would have despised him for what would have been seen back in those days as working for the oppressor, the Roman occupation force, before he was called by the Messiah. Now, Matthew is known as one of the 12 disciples, but also one of the four evangelists. The other three are Mark, Luke, and John. We'll get back into that scripture in a little bit. The Our Story, Not His Story segment of this episode highlights Mr. John Harold Johnson, born January 19th, 1918 to August 8th, 2005. 
Now, Mr. Johnson was a black businessman, a publisher, and the founder of the Johnson Publishing Company, which is headquartered in Chicago. Johnson's Ebony Magazine, which was founded in 1945, and his Jet Magazine, which was founded in 1951 but had its last issue in 2014, were magazines amongst the most influential African-American businesses in media beginning in the second half of the 20th century. In 1982, Johnson became the first African-American to appear on the Forbes 400. In 1987, Johnson was named Black Enterprise Entrepreneur of the Year. Mr. Johnson and his family moved to Chicago in 1933, but up until that point, they were in Arkansas City, Arkansas. Now, at that time, they didn't have any schools for him to attend past the eighth grade. Instead of discontinuing his education, Mr. Johnson decided to repeat the eighth grade so he can continuously learn. That speaks a lot of his drive and his motivation. This episode's topic, are we following our passions? Are we following or chasing our dreams? Now with this particular topic, it took me a while to kind of get into it. I even discussed it with my wife to get her views. Um, it's so many different angles this, this this topic will lead you into, especially when you're trying to line it up and compare it to scriptures. So let's go on and be real on this particular topic, like real, real. Like most people, especially of the African-American, black, and or Hebrew race and culture, we're waking each morning to prepare ourselves to deal with the stresses of jobs that not all, but most have no ownership in or no equity in. We drag ourselves to these jobs that we have no desire to be at, but have little to no other options to make the necessary changes. Some of us haven't been able to get into our desired field even after receiving degrees. These jobs seem to dictate how we live, where we live, what we drive, what we wear, what we eat, along with a multitude of other things, including how we reproduce. Yes, how we reproduce. I've heard sayings like, ooh, babies are too expensive. More times than I like to hear. But that's another topic for another time. On these jobs, with the lack of motivation and the lack of encouragement, our attitudes, demeanors, and even our mental health suffers. We bring stress from the job home and our spouses, our children, our family and friends receive the blunt of the psychological blow that's been building up in us all week. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 in the New King James Version states, And whatever you do, do it heartingly, 
as to the Lord and not to men. But how often does that even cross our minds when peace seems scarce and spirits of frustration attack us? Yes, we all have devils on the job. By devils, I'm speaking of the adversaries that are strategically placed for that sole purpose. This is all in accordance with the spiritual warfare we're engaged in. And if you don't realize that we're in a battlefield, then you have a much, much bigger problem, bro. Going even deeper into this issue, blame is to be put upon our shoulders as well. The book of Isaiah, chapter 5, verse 13, in the New King James Version states, Therefore my people have gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Although the proper education of such things is credit, stocks, land ownership, the value of gold and gems, and business solutions weren't given to many of us at a younger age. Now keep in mind I'm saying many, not all, because I'm pretty sure someone listening has some type of debate or rebuttal. Once realized and brought to our attention, how many of us went out and got that knowledge of this? Did it even give you an interest to learn in order to turn your situation around? Man, I love my people and definitely want us to win. But we must hold some accountability to ourselves also. In saying that, let me pose another question. How many of us did get that information? Did study it? Does understand it? Has put yourself and your immediate family in a good situation? And has passed it on to others? Have you encouraged your brother? Have you assisted your sister? Not just the ones that you like and love. Not just the ones you fellowship with on Sundays. That's easy. There's truly no effort in that. That's a given. One thing that has grown to irritate me to my core is to hear us to continue to encourage our youth to go to school to get a good job. Instead of getting an education to create good jobs. We don't even like our jobs or working for someone else ourselves. Why would you encourage youth to follow that path? We do need doctors and nurses. But we need more hospital owners. We do need ball players. But we need more team and league owners. We do need more actors and entertainers. But we need more network owners. This is what we must instill in our youth. Kerry E. Wagner has a quote that says, You don't have to worry about burning bridges if you're building your own. As I stated earlier, not all of us fall in that category. 
And I commend those who have followed their passions and chased their dreams. Those who have sacrificed for major accomplishments. Those who are living their best lives. Those who set great examples. Those who did the work. Late night cramming for tests. All work, no play. Doing more studying than eating. Working two to three jobs to save up for that equipment. Having sandwiches as meals for months. Having many doors closed on you until your foot was finally in one. Those who started out by doing hair out of their mama's kitchen. Those who started by selling $5 lunch plates. Those who took the pictures for free. Those who started out with only a push more and a weed eater. Those who changed oil and brake pads in the driveway. Your hustle was relentless. And as you look back, realizing that you've made it, can I ask you a question? Let me rephrase that. Can I ask you something without you getting in your feelings? How did you put God in it? Yeah, I know you prayed, but was that the sole purpose of your praying just for you to benefit or just for your benefit? Man, listen to this old Hayden mad because he ain't got nothing with his lip podcast. Luck I even wasted my time listening to this old book. Yep, I can hear some of y'all saying these very words right now. And you know everything's love when it comes to somebody else. I see you got your little car. Oh, you got a new little boo. I see you reading your little book. Yep, y'all know how we do. But let me say this before I go any further. And listen to me clearly and understand. I am a man. Who isn't here to judge anyone. Whether it be male or female. I am a man. Who is far from perfect. And can never even begin to place myself in that arena. I have sinned. And I have sinned. I fight temptation and I have been tempted. And no, I'm not just referring to physical or sexual. I fight anger daily. I fight the sharpness of my tongue and the foul language that I can't fully suppress. I fight the urge to not fellowship with the church building because of my views and differences. I fight the urge to hit the Hennessy and to hit the weed when I'm frustrated. I'm nowhere near where I want to or feel as though I ought to be at this point in my life. I fight spirits attached to me from a sinful past very often. And at times, I feel defeated. I feel fatigued. I feel drained physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But the God I serve picks me up. The God I serve strengthens me and allows the Holy Spirit to intervene on my behalf in the areas in which I'm weak. The God I serve purposed me, making me his likeness and image 
given me the want and need to both seek and understand his holy word. Even with my faults and flaws, the most high who knew me even before I was in my mother's womb continues to use me for the purpose and in the will that he ordained for me a long time ago. So my brothers and my sisters, I don't speak to you from a place of judgment. I don't speak to you from a place of arrogance. I don't speak to you from a place of condemnation. I speak to you from a place of love. And now that we have that understood, let's get back into it. A philosophy of Marcus Garvey is, life is that existence that is given to a man to live for a purpose, to live his own satisfaction and pleasure, providing he forgets not the God who created him and expects a spiritual obedience and observation of the moral laws that he has inspired. Now we work anywhere from an 8 to 12 hour shift per day. We work anywhere from 40 to 60 hours per week. This is done with a, within a 168 hour 7 day week. No matter how your schedule falls, it's 168 hours per week. Keep in mind, this is average now. I know some of us actually work longer hours. Now we can drop a few different scriptures right here. Matthew 6 and 21. Numbers 18 and 26. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 through 10. Uh, Genesis 14 verses 19 and 20. Malachi uh, 3 verses 8 and 12, but let's go with Luke 11 and 42. And we're going to come out of the uh, New Living Translation version. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but don't neglect the more important things. According to the New Strong's Expanded Dictionary of Bible Words, tithes in reference to the Hebrew word asar means to tithe, give a tenth. Follow me now. Tithes doesn't necessarily have to be money or income in every sense or situation. In a few scripture, it states tithes as being first fruits. Now digging back into that new Strong's expanded dictionary of Bible words, we see that fruits take on a few different definitions. The one that pops out at me is Hebrew 3581. Kawach. It's basically meaning an ability to do something. With this in mind, wouldn't, or should I say shouldn't, the first fruit you tie 10% with be 
the first two and a half hours of your day, tying this to the most high? My calculations say that 10% of 24 hours is 2.4 hours. That 168 hour week we're blessed with yields tides of 16.8 hours due to the most high. He's worthy of rounding it off to 17. Generally speaking, please take no offense. Then again, maybe you should take offense. But compared to the hours we put in on the job, the hours we put in chasing the dollar, the hours we put in pursuing passions and dreams, the hours we put in studying books other than the scripture, exactly how much time are you giving the God who inspires and enables you? And I'm not talking about the quick prayer on the way there that's doing more asking than praising. And I'm not talking about pulling up to Sunday service, running late, expecting a 20 to 30 minute sermon from your pastor to suffice to the time being spent with the Most High. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. And if you don't mind, I want to skip into four verses to drive this point home. Let's get verses 3, 7, 18, and 19. And we're going to come out of the NLT once again. Once again, that's going to be the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Now, verse 3 states, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. Verse 7, Other seeds fell amongst the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Verse 18, The seed that fell amongst the thorns represent others who hear God's word. In verse 19, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the words of life, the lore of wealth, and the desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. We can find ourselves seeking and searching for prosperity and wealth so intensely and so relentlessly, we unknowingly and unconsciously Make these passions, these goals, and these dreams our idols. Not only that, being poor in spirit is being in poverty, no matter how much money you have. The very thing we so desperately try to avoid, poverty in Hebrew means to lack. For those who have read the Gospel of Thomas, who was one of the twelve disciples, many haven't read it. Verse 3 reads, Jesus said, If those who lead you say to you, See, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, It is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you, and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, 
then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. This can be referenced in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. I've looked through the Bible for any scripture that flat out says, chase your dream, follow your passions. There's none. Yep, that's what I said. There is none. But before you get all worked up and ready for a debate, let me say this. By no means am I saying or promoting anyone to not follow your dreams. This is not what this is about. What I'm saying is place God in the center and at the head of all things, all ventures, all dreams, all goals. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. First Chronicles 16, 11. Proverbs 8, 17. Psalms 14 and 2. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Lamentations 3 and 25, Amos 5 and 4, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. These, along with many, many more, speak of seeking the Most High above all else, and rewards will be received accordingly. I want to wrap this up with this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. That's the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 31, from the NLT. My people, please continue to strive for better. Continue to push for ownership. Continue to pursue education. Continue to chase your dreams. Continue to chase those passions. Continue to set and chase those goals. Continue to encourage others, especially our youth, to do the same. But never, never forget to put in as much time with our God as you do with everything and everyone else. He is truly worthy. Almighty and ever-present Father, may thy will be done. May the words spoken be anointed by you, reaching in and all that they were formed for. Unite us, Father, in a mighty way. Allow iron to sharpen iron, Father. Open our eyes to what you demand of us. We ask of Christ to walk with us. Protect us from all that come to rob us of our joys and peace. Father, awaken us to who we truly are, not only your children, 
not only a chosen people, but it's written in Psalms 82 and 6, ye are gods. Help us to unpollute our systems, unpollute our spirits, unpollute our minds, unpollute our bodies and function as such. If anything I spoke of is an error, Father, I ask of you for added and extended grace. I pray these things in Yahshua's name. Amen. Entering into the month of March, we're asking of you and encouraging you to take a chapter of Proverbs each day. Read it, reflect upon it, and see how you can use it in your life every day. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. There's 31 days in the month of March. Works out perfectly. We're encouraging you to do this, and we're encouraging you to encourage others to join along. Now, what you heard from us today was a blessing to you. Go ahead on and bless someone else by sharing this with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, your church members. Encourage them to follow and subscribe to a Brother with a Bible podcast. And we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on the Anchor app. And now on Google Music Play and Google Podcasts. So no matter if you're an Android user or iPhone user, we have you covered on any and all platforms you listen to your podcast on. We also ask of you to go on and give us a follow on our Instagram page, A Brother with the Bible Podcast. And remember, in all that you do, make sure it's in your purpose rather than on purpose. And also remember, you'll know your true worth when you research.